0: Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Shai Fleischer show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. And you're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom to Malka Fleischer. Hello, hello, Malka. I want to wish you a mazal tov. Oh yeah. Uh, this week celebrates a day that has not yet been created, but it celebrates uh, a brainchild of mine. Yes. Which is national Israeli birthers and birth birth coaches and birth doula and birth uh, midwives. Birthing support people. That's right. It's it's a whole birthing new, industry. That's friends. Right. Day, <laughs> <laughs> which means that that we're gonna celebrate a day one day, which is gonna celebrate uh, the Jewish and Israeli mom. Yes. Uh, the 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 hospitals, the midwives, and the whole thing, and that is because in this week's Torah in Torah portion of Shmot, there is a large section which is dedicated. To the secret conspiracy that Pharaoh had to kill the Jewish babies, and the midwives who refused to comply with that, and right. the birth of the, the Jewish birth rate went up. Um, I happen to um, be a fan of an alternative reading uh, of the Torah portion that really says that these two women that are the birthers, the the, the midwives, yes, uh, are not the Jewish midwives. That the midrash says they are. I I respect the midrash very much. You know, I'm a bit midrash fan, but I think that it it makes a lot of sense that that what Pharaoh was saying, he was saying to his people, "Look, let's kill off the the Jews, and here's the do it. it, it here's the way to do it. It's a conspiracy with his people, and his people sense a morality that is that is above that, and they refuse to do that. And wait, they say, that's
1: where are you getting that? That's uh, your interpretation? No. No,
0: no, 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 no. No, there are there are uh, uh, there are commentators that say that, and also Rabbi Yitzchak Etshalom almost just explaining to us. He's like, does it make sense that that they would say that he would say to Jewish women, "Listen, here's the conspiracy. I want you to kill the babies." Like,
1: not here's the conspiracy, but you are my subjects. Yeah, and you're gonna do what I tell you to do, or I'm gonna kill you and your family.
0: It's just hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard for, for me to believe that. It's just hard for me to. It's much easier to believe. Why
1: well, you think that Egyptian women were coming in and into Goshen? It was a and, hospital and doing. There wasn't a hospital. They would go to people's houses. There was no hospital. You people were not going to the birthing hospital. I'm saying it
0: was it was the system. It was the whatever system it was, and uh, they had.
1: Well, you had to schlep on over to a, a whole different uh, not region and call in the Egyptian birth what, birth person
0: maybe they can maybe there was a central you know kupar like yeah, like yeah like like you know the the tent of birthing you know that type of thing in any case whatever whatever whoever it is the torah lays out a big phrase in the beginning yeah. a, a big a big group of uh, verses that talks about not only the jewish women giving birth but also the uh, midwives and their importance and that they saw the god and god gave them houses because he blessed them that they didn't carry out this conspiracy to murder to infanticide and kill these uh, jewish baby right. boys and and there's a lot about that and really the whole Torah portion starts with and they grew and they grew and they grew I feel like in Israel mm-hmm. one of the biggest things that we do our biggest industry is child birthing child rearing child raising child educating right and it's like the biggest like it's the biggest story sometimes people talk to me about Aliyah we talk about Aliyah a lot Aliyah is very important, but like the big, biggest Aliyah of them all is, is the Jewish children born, and you have here whole systems that are laid out with such care and concern uh, for, for Jewish birth. That uh, that it needs more. It needs more honoring attention. Yeah, it, right. needs more attention. it needs more
1: attention, more honoring. And I I really like that. Or maybe,
0: yeah, or maybe it doesn't. You know, sometimes sometimes I always think to myself when I think about these things. I'm like, maybe the beauty of it is that it's hidden away and it's not like you know you know. Well,
1: I think I think that though you've caught on, like you you've uh, you've made the magic calculation though when you tie it into the parsha. Right. I think that the fact that you uh, that you take a moment to honor the the midwives of ancient. Israel and and use it to to honor the midwives and the birthing uh, peoples of modern Israel. I think that that's really nice and really special. And I think that people would enjoy to take a moment to acknowledge the, the greatness of of all that. Long history and and uh, how many babies does Charite Cedric
0: Hospital have a year? Like so, I don't remember
1: something like that. Like twenty five thousand babies a year, something crazy. But I do know. I don't know the number anymore. I used to know because we looked it up one time. No,
0: they 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 publicize it. No, but it 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 grows every year. It grows,
1: and they there are like four departments in the hospital for like there are four wings in the hospital just dedicated to women post birth. It's huge and i I one of the my favorite factoids is that um Sharcetic hospital in Jerusalem has the most births per year in the world every year every year they they like win the award for the hospital that has the most births because uh, I guess you know there are places first of all that women aren't necessarily giving birth all the time in the hospital but also because Um, having children here is is such a like um, desired action meaning to say there are places in the world where there's a much greater emphasis on preventing um, pregnancy preventing birth and here it's the very opposite or
0: terminating birth terminating pregnancy right
1: right, for whatever it is right right, whatever it is and here it's the opposite fertility and birth are a uh, a big uh Big aspect of of the medical industry in Israel,
0: right? It, that's exactly right. And and uh, and I just think to myself, wow! Like every year, we like read about this stuff. Exactly like you said, it's like I'm like I'm like you see, like it like it puts such an emphasis on it. So it's beautiful. Yeah,
1: that's Spe- really nice. Speaking, One of these days, we're gonna we're gonna enshrine that.
0: Speaking of birthing, uh, you know, we give we make babies, but the enemies want to kill Jews, right? Yes. uh that's like the uh, the opposite. They're like, oh no. Let's uh, kill the Jews, and uh, my buddy, uh, El Yeshiv Nachum, was stabbed yesterday Yes. Uh, with multiple stabs, and my other friend, who, who is not related to that friend, who was just down there helping, he's an electrician, mm-hmm. and he was down there helping with at, some at,
1: at your friend's farm? At my
0: friend's farm in the southern Hebron Hills, the Yehuda, Chavat Yehuda, the Judea farm. And uh, the stabber came. I don't know the details of how, how he came exactly. I'll get the details today. Uh, but my other friend saved Elias Sheev's life and killed the uh, terrorist. The attacker. Now, uh, Elias Sheev is married to Roni. They have three kids. Uh, Roni happens to be the daughter of my colleague, Noam Arnone. Uh, and now uh, the sheep, the many sheep the, the, that are there are going to be, they need, the they farm need needs support. Yeah, they yeah. need walking. They need grazing. Uh, and by the way, um, the mayor of one of the next-door Arab towns yeah. uh, threatened to murder Eliezer just what? last week. That's right. That's right. Because because his work, on top of being a farmer, a pioneer, a father, a shepherd, is also uh, a land keeper, a ranger, if you will. Right. And they don't like his rangering because when he because ranges they don't want on Jews the, in where he roves in that area. when he roves on the range. Then what what happens is that he tells the army where the uh, snap uh, Arab land grabs are happening, right. and they stop him. They stop they stop these land grabs. So the the jihad threatened and executed try to try to wow. kill. Uh, luckily, he was. Thank God,
1: we killed we killed them. Yeah, but Not there you go. Them, him. That's we right. killed the attacker, but That's the right. mayor is still at large. I guess. That's right.
0: That's right. So so there you go. Um, and i posted on my social media a little uh, hebrew language uh um um start uh what's it called crowd crowdfunding campaign because uh-huh. in hebrew they call it head start or start yeah, whatever it's yeah. confusing so anyway I, my my tongue got confused there.
1: uh so and what's the what's the money being raised for
0: to for the upkeep of the farm while he's, while he's recovering. recovering while right? he's recovering absolutely so there you go Malka. they should put down another five farms Malka, speaking of uh uh, of of birthing and trying to kill us. Yes. Y- 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 you know what, what causes Jewish birth? What? It, it's a yearning and a passion for life. And the yearning and the passion for life comes from having an internal drive. Internal drive to r- resurrect our peoplehood, um, see our land flourish, and through all that, see the vision of God Fulfill the greatest, the greatest human adventure in the last two thousand years, which is the rebirth of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. It is a thing of epic proportions. But I was listening to a podcast with this Israeli guy, who's kind of famous. His name is Yuval Noah Harari.
1: Yeah, who is he?
0: He's a philosopher and historian and and a best-selling author. And this guy is, uh, you know, and he's very famous. He wrote this book called Sapiens, which is the kind of story of human history. And in this podcast that he's talking, which I didn't finish because I had to like process. He was just talking about how he doesn't believe in God from a young age, how he doesn't believe the Jewish story. And therefore, and he says this very, by the way, honestly, he says the basis of Israeli nationalism.
1: Uh, So he doesn't believe in Jews almost.
0: He doesn't believe in Jews. And he says, he goes, who knows if in a thousand years there'll be a Jewish people.
1: Ah, uh, right. And I'm like... I thought he was a person who's a historian of right, Jews. Right,
0: right, and and, and, and Of,
1: guy, of uh, peoples.
0: This guy's, by the way, very famous yeah. and, and very smart and very not popular. Not smart,
1: evidently. Well, he's not that... Or m- too smart for his own
0: good. Right, exactly. And uh, and I, th- I I tell you, Monk, I was listening to him and a chill ran down my spine. Why? I, because I heard... The death rattle of nihilism. What and does that mean? I heard the emptiness of meaninglessness. I heard the the deep idea of Amalek, which is nihilism. Hmm. And my buddy Jake sent me a definition of nihilism. I'll listen to this. Okay. Nihilism is the belief that all values are baseless and that nothing can be known or communicated. It is often associated with extreme pessimism and a radical skepticism that condemns existence. A true nihilist would believe in nothing, having no loyalties and no purpose other than perhaps the impulse to destroy. This is from the Encyclopedia of Philosophy, so these guys know what they're talking about. And it's like, he says says in this interview, again, which I didn't even finish, uh, and I will, he says... He says the guy asks him about the purpose, the meaning of life, the purpose. He goes, "That's not the important question."
1: What is the important question? Right, And
0: I'm like, I'm like thinking, what is? The oh, so you're waiting question? for that part of the interview? No, and he says, and he answers. I, oh, I also yeah? like you, okay. like was like, I was like, I was like, drum roll, please. Yeah. Okay. And he says, uh, suffering, the question of suffering.
1: What? Wait, say that again. What the real the question?
0: the The real important question, not purpose. He says the purpose of life, the meaning of life, is not the important question. The really important question is suffering. That, well, well. Let me let's let's just give it fair. Let's give it a fair shake. Which Go is ahead. there's a lot of horrible suffering. It's if, true,
1: but like, how many art scroll books are there about this subject?
0: Okay, but no, but that always comes from a place of. Uh, well, I thought I thought to myself, let's. An, I thought to myself, let's analyze this. And I, I, don't, I didn't go to philosophy class for this, but let, I'm like, let's analyze this. If the, real, if the real purpose of the world or the real question is how to end suffering, but meaning is not that important, then basically the best thing to do is to end suffering. It's so funny. Wait, because, wait, 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 let me finish, yeah. let me finish. And therefore, if you end, the way to end suffering, and since the world is meaningless anyway, so the best way to end suffering is to end this. and life. Life. It's, it's, it's a nihilism.
1: It's so funny because at the very beginning of existence of mankind, there was no suffering and that worked out very badly. Mm -hmm. So God introduced suffering so that life would have more meaning and depth to it and that life would be more successful.
0: Uh, There is a question of suffering. You no one there, wants suffering.
1: Everyone tries to avoid suffering, and a lot of a lot of people really, really try to avoid suffering to such a degree that they like they comfort themselves out of existence.
0: It's it's just 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 kind of a weird side note. Yesterday, uh, our one of our kids mentioned that like she she doesn't like China so much because the way that we are today's in today's atmosphere, China is this big you know thing you know swallowing the world. And everything is made in China, that kind of thing. I said to her, you know, and I, I had just that very day been watching some World War II stuff. When I need to calm down, you know. Yeah, you're I watch whatever a little,
1: insights into the mind of Ushai Fleischer. When
0: I, when I need to calm down a little bit, I need to take a break from this world. I watch stuff about World War II. Yeah, and, not me. And uh, I was watching about, you know, how Japan horribly invaded China and 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 did unspeakable crimes there. Really unspeakable crimes, like really bad stuff and and i was just saying like so much perception of like who's good and who's bad based on today but like if you if you just kind of peel back a little bit of history things things change in any case i'm not sure why i brought that up but um um yeah so nihilism got to watch out for that for that nihilism uh, i'll make one last point and then and then i know you got some very good stories to 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 talk about but i just got a lot of stuff in my little mind here go ahead um i was talking yet again with jake and i said to him um do you notice that the international left funds two kinds of education for the Jews? They're always pushing on us. Progressive liberalism. Gay is good. Arabs are exactly equal, if not better. Uh, Judaism is a, is fuddy duddy. Uh, be modern, be scientific, be liberal. Every, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 everything is equal. Um, uh, what else? Uh, a state of all its peoples, Judean Samaria's is, is, you know, it's anti-democratic to hold on to Judean Samaria, so therefore it's anti-our values because we'll have a apartheid state if we hold on to this land. All this kind of teaching, right? They fund this kind of teaching. But for the Arabs, what do they fund? Through UNRWA and these other things, what do they fund? And through the PA that they fund? What? Jihadist teaching. Right. Which is, this, is our, this is our land, the Jews stole Sacrifice. it. Sacrifice fight and die for for your land um allah is great uh islam is great um uh the jews are therefore a dahimi people and that's the way it should be right and etc cetera, etc cetera, right so 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 the the global left teaches jews to be liberal progressive and accepting and arabs to be jihadist and and not accepting uh Imagine if it was the other way, which is the way I would like to see it, which is the other way. Teach the Jews to be like, no, this is our land and we have our Judaism. We're not trying to destroy anybody else, but this is our land, this is our Judaism, this is our way. And for Arabs to be like, let's accept the Jews as part of the beautiful family of nations and especially our family around here and maybe we should modernize and go into the modern world and 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 give women their freedom and give and give uh, you know all different parts of our society the the right to voice themselves like it should be exactly the opposite uh, of where it's going so so i wonder you know like 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 the the money that's going from the progressive world towards israel is there in order to cause conflict and destroy the jewish people right they definitely
1: israel. foment conflict
0: they that
1: is for sure. Right. You can argue whether they they want to and whether their ideas are are good or bad, but they are the the things that they teach make it worse, and not better. Right. Around here.
0: That's right. And Malch, indeed, we are fighting for the Jewish state. Am I right? We are that we are in the middle of of a battle uh, to get our birth. Uh, and our way uh, forward without nihilism, but with faith. Tell me about this new government and what it's trying to do.
1: Well, we uh, we have a totally different story going down here in this new coalition. Uh, they really hit the ground running, and there's so many things going on right now, different fronts that the government is trying to achieve reform. So we're all trying to like understand what the big changes are and whether they're good changes or bad changes, um, I just want to say that one change that I like is on the diplomatic front. Our, um, our Foreign Affairs Committee chairman, Yuli Edelstein, who used to be Knesset speaker and is a longtime uh, Likud MK, he met with the U.S. ambassador to Israel, Tom Nides. And some of you may remember that he was pretty critical, for example of uh ben gvir itamar ben gvir our minister of national security going up to the temple mount that it threatens the status quo and the, as uh, as you know the biden administration as all of you know the biden administration is is very much uh old school uh when it comes to treating israel not uh Talking to Israel, they they want uh, to maintain status quo, that Jordan should stay happy, and they want and want to keep the Palestinians happy, and they reiterating again that anything that is against the two state solution is, in their words, unacceptable, as if they have to accept, but and uh, that it is unacceptable to them that we would do anything like that. So our unacceptable, foreign, unacceptable, 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 right? Okay. So our. So our uh, foreign affairs committee uh, chair, Yuli Edelstein, sat down with Tom Nides on some other topics, including Iran, including Judea and Samaria. These like, you know, keywords that America and, and Israel constantly are hitting with each other. And Yuli Edelstein very openly told Nides that we intend to continue building in Judea and Samaria which I personally thought was excellent. I was very, very happy with that. First of all, I just believe in just, you know, I know that diplomacy is like a whole art and there's like all kinds of, you know, thinking behind how you present ideas in a public forum, global forum, et cetera. But I like a little honesty, I like that. Just say. I, think, I think Just say what you think and, yeah. and do what you think and everything can be courteous and nice and everything with rights and all this. But just say what it is that you intend to do and go ahead and do it. Don't be sneaky. Don't be tricky.
0: Well, yesterday also I saw that Prime Minister Netanyahu, who, P.S., was looking good. Yeah. Looking trim. God bless that looking, okay. looking good. His face was good. The makeup oh, artist he loves did a great being job. Prime minister of the State of Israel, he's so, so he's happy. He's really like you know. I heard him. I heard him walking yeah. down the hallway in the closet. He's like, "I'm the prime minister. <laughs> I'm the prime minister." He was skipping. He was skipping. No, you can't no. tell
1: by the yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the prime minister. I'm prime minister. No time to talk. That's right.
0: He's and uh, by the way, there was a. He's a master on on um on Instagram. Instagram, he He loves social media. So, so we had you
1: guys. I feel bad for anyone who didn't, who was never part of Israeli, um, like political advertising, and never got to see Netanyahu political ads. I got
0: I got the best. You got to see this Instagram video. He, he basically, you just see him coming out of like a fast car, and like all the security all around him, and then he just goes into this like chopper. He'd like shake hands with the pilot and the pilot's got like got his face covered. Yeah. And he's like, and the rotators are rotating and stuff like that. The rotors are rotating. Yeah. And he just walks into the chopper. And that's the whole video, but you're like, dang, you the man. Like <laughs> it's like that. It's like it's just like it's just like like there's just like there's like these secret security guards are standing there and there's this like whatever car like pulls up and then you just see him come out and you see the chopper rotors, you know, going and he just kinda walks up, shakes the hand of the pilot goes in oh, and he writes.
1: Authoritative. like. It doesn't look like he's confused in the room that he's standing in. Not only that, to it also looks like Israel. It looks yeah. like
0: Israel's boss. Oh That's nice. what it looks like. It looks like Israel is a boss country, and and it's just it's just like nice. I liked it. I listen. He's got he's got the social media thing going on. He just he just does he just does he just does, he just does it right in my opinion. Anyway, right. So, so I'm. Liking I saw this him yesterday. New, yeah. Okay. I yeah. saw him yesterday with a Bezalel Smutrich, Smotrich, yes. Minister of the Treasury. Mm-hmm. Or treasury minister, and they're talking about specific reforms to cut down on costs in Israel, slow down inflation, and slow down like the price what? hikes. Do you know of any of them? Um, there was a, like a like a, a freeze in the electric, a freeze on the uh, rise of electric prices. Because they just
1: the electric. raised electricity prices right. by twenty percent. Right, a I freeze
0: think. on the on the Arnona, and I think a drop by 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 some twenty thirty percent. All kinds of efforts mm. to like reduce costs now.
1: Right, that would be great.
0: Um,
1: I was looking at real estate just like in a in a like um, a torah newsletter so in that torah newsletter there they also have like on the sides and the margins they have sometimes real estate so i was just looking at some of the prices just seeing what things are i it's unrecognizable hmm. the price of housing is so high and now the price of electricity went up the price of gas went up our nona went up which is um, property tax Yeah,
0: property tax. That's right
1: and people are really feeling the crunch
2: right that's Definitely.
1: good. I'm, I'm very glad. I wish that they would drop our value added tax, our, w- which is called VAT, right. which is also very high. It's at seventeen percent.
2: And the, I and wish the, that
1: they would drop that. That's
0: right. And the gas tax as well. The right. gas tax, the very, very high taxes. Very high tax, which right. which is which is across the board, and and basically, uh, the p- people of less economic stature suffer more with that gas tax because it's it doesn't change for them. You know, uh, they they pay the same amount. It's a lot of money. Right. It's really a lot of money.
1: Well, I'll tell you that um that that th- so that's on the economic front. On the judicial front, there is a big controversy and people are feeling very nervous because whenever you say the word Supreme Court, then people feel like like balances of power are just about to like f- be thrown out of whack and then the whole thing spirals out of control and and implodes.
0: Right, but that's just a but that's just a but that's just a that's just a scare tactic right. because because in the end really the Israeli left they're the ones who imploded. Right. So I just want to give you two
1: two examples of things that have happened in the last 20 years in the Supreme Court that that um, this coalition is trying to roll back a little bit. The president of the Supreme Court, he's very famous in Israel. His name is Aharon Barak. And he wrote literally he wrote the textbook like what they study in law school. He wrote the textbook on Israeli law um, and he is spearheaded a lot of these reforms that that people are not so happy about that now that this coalition or some people are not so happy about that this coalition it wants to address
0: right this these were done 20 years right right, so here's
1: two of them i'm just going to give you two okay one of them is expanding the right of standing before the high court of justice otherwise known as the supreme court from petitioners who were directly harmed by government action to practically anybody opening the high court's doors to professional petitioners, many of them representing anti-Israel NGOs. So in America, standing at the Supreme Court or at any court really is a is a very big deal. If you are not being personally affected by um, the issue at hand, then you cannot come to the court and raise that question. So that's one of them. Another one um, is establishing, particularly in tax law, the dogma, this is an article that was written that following the deduced purpose of a law is more important than adherence to the actual language of the law. This essentially permitted judges to make like their own interpretations of what a law intended to do and to create their own laws, regardless of what legis- what uh, lawmakers had legislated. So these are a couple of things that are that. People want to address now in this coalition. Another one is another very big one is the selection of judges. This is a really big one. Um, If Yariv Levine's bill goes through, there are four changes that Yariv Levine wants to submit to the Knesset. One of them is a change in the composition of the committee to select judges. The judges will no longer choose themselves. Now, in the United States, for example, you know, if you're in America, that they're, they're always selecting Supreme Court judges, right? One will retire or pass away, and then the president of the United States will bring up another person who could be in the Supreme Court, and then they bring him into the Senate and the House, and they ask him a ton of questions, and then they decide on whether he's good or not. In Israel, no. In Israel, the judges are like, we like that judge, no
0: that's not exactly correct okay there's there's a committee yes. that selects it on that committee is a lot of judges and members of the bar and stuff like that and not very many knesset members so they want to change the the how do you say the, the, the makeup the, comp- the, the composition.
1: composition right in okay so the judges will no longer choose themselves instead the nine member committee will have an equal representative representation of three branches branches of government So I guess there will be three people from the Knesset, three people from the executive, and three people from the judicial who will all come together uh, and make this decision. Um, Another one is reasonable cause. The uh, the high court may no longer use the unreasonable cause argument to invalidate a government action. Um, According to this article, one of Justice Barack's ideas was that the court can rule that a legal move of the government may be struck down because a judge determines it to be unreasonable. Right. Whatever that means. Basically, basic, let, let's,
0: yes. let's, let's let's shortcut it for the listeners. What we're talking about is that Aaron Barak was able to create what we call in English a super legislator, super, leg, super legislature, okay, which means that basically the court was more powerful than the government. Now there's reforms being introduced in order to weaken the court. Right. Cause it to have, cause the Knesset to have abilities. If the majority of the Knesset, i.e., the majority of the nation, wishes it to be so, to bring things that the in their minds that are on, in the court's minds is unreasonable, but in the people's minds is reasonable, to overturn that from the Knesset. So meaning to say, the Knesset could overturn an overturning uh, of a law, But right, by by the by the, the, Supreme, by the su- Court. Supreme Court and the judges have to be. Uh, uh, um, picked in a way that's more representative of the people basically what happens is is that in our beloved country there is a there is a classic elitism right and that classic elitism we're trying to break down this
1: happens in other places too it's not but just it certainly happens court. amongst
0: the Jews. and so no, and i'm so, saying
1: not just in the supreme court there are other examples in which once you know it's like you and your buddies control right, right. a certain thing
0: that's right and so and so we're trying to break a monopoly right that's basically what it is. It's a monopoly problem. We have a monopoly, which is an elitist monopoly, which thinks that they know better than the people. And now we're trying to uh, shrink them down to size. Right.
1: I mean, you still do need a court of justice, certainly, right? Like the, the whole idea of a Supreme Court is that maybe they do know better than the people and they they have to be asked. That's right. Right. But there uh, seem to be an imbalance on the, the, the justice part of the bran- of the three prong b- branches got heavy. That's right. And now they get to lighten up a little right.
0: bit. And uh, the Israeli left uh, in order to fight this is now organizing with European money and New Israel fund money organizing all these protests in the streets. There's going to be a big protest Saturday night. But those we'll pro- see. but those protests at the end I always say to them like you guys are great at protests. Let's see you vote. Like the the, the, right. the real the real uh, uh, referendum is not in protests. It's in the votes. Right. And, exactly. And exactly.
1: The people have already said what they yeah, think. Yeah, the
0: people said what they think. That's right. And you right. just the don't want to accept the rule of the said, people. said, and there's
1: more people who want to come out and protest. And that's great. And I just want to say that that no one should get too nervous. You know, these processes where we, uh, cl- where, where the clash happens is where the truth comes out. Mm-hmm. And so it's healthy to go through these processes. It's going to be okay.
0: Okay, Malka Fleischer. Uh, we have some very special little audio clips coming up. Um, first thing, Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, uh, the rabbi that married us. Yes, uh, is on next. Uh, he is now rabbi emeritus, uh, and uh, but twenty years ago he married me and you, you and I in Chevron. That's right. Uh, so he, I caught him in Chevron uh, for some radio. It's a lot of fun. You're going to hear from a a real like a real rabbi, a real That's rabbi, right. and then. And then after that I, I interview uh the maker of a new dating Jewish dating website. Really? Called Gamzuli. Okay? Gamzuli, that's right. It is it, I spoke to him for that's a few minutes. It's an interesting
1: name. Yeah, it's an interesting name. Gamzuli. Like yeah. what? Gamzuva, Gamzuva, Gamzuli? <laughs> no, I, I think not, it, that's not gonna work. I
0: think it comes from some uh from some from some uh, rabbinic statement. All right. About finding your 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 Beshet, your, your beloved nice. one. And yeah, so we'll talk about that and then just a few minutes of table Torah uh, here on the Ishai Fleischer show. Malka, before before we go to Rabbi Yudin, I just want to thank Yochvat Seidman, Moshe Herman, Ben Bresky, Tabitha, and Lewin. were alive for helping produce the show. Thank you very much. You guys are the backbone of a great rhythm and blues band. I mean, the show, the Ishai Fleischer show. Um, so that's one. And then I also want to thank the Jewish community of Hebron, Hebron, for for keeping on for keeping keeping on out there uh, and being strong for Am Yisrael and you can help and support and visit and connect to the Jewish community of Hebron through hebronfund.org. Come on our tours, uh, which but given by the one and only, the great of the greats, Rabbi Simcha HaBam, really, really special. I want to thank uh, the good folks at High on the Har. You want to go to the Temple Mount? Of course you do. <laughs> of course you do. Uh, and and if, you, if you asked your rabbi and he told you not to go, then uh, do what he says, but better not to ask. Ask. Well, uh,
1: I don't know about better not to ask. It's very good to this ask. This ultra your rabbi, orthodox, the ultra orthodox
0: Haredi Jew told me yesterday. Yeah, he, he said to me on the Temple Mount, like you got to know, you got to know that the, the rabbis have to say what they have to say for whatever reasons. But we are starting to go up. And yesterday, there I was, are also plenty I was of rabbis
1: te- who will just simply tell you yes. Yeah,
0: they'll say go for it. And yesterday I was on the Temple. That's the right kind of rabbi, and for this kind of issue, you got you got to know, you got to know when to ask. For Eretz Israel things, ask Eretz Israel rabbis. For medical issues, ask medical rabbis. For Harabite issues, ask a rabbi who knows what he's talking about when it comes to Harabite. Don't just ask somebody who has, you know, just, just a general sense. Specific. If you have a specific issue, you need a specialist, a rabbi specialist. In any case, uh, high in the har, rabbinically approved, uh, rabbinically uh, uh, sanctioned. Uh, And we'll get you up on the Temple Mount in a holy and awesome fashion. You're going to have a connection of your lifetime. So you're going to go to the Temple Mount. You're going to go to Hebron. You're going to come out like a different person. Do it in two days in a row. Forget about it. You're going to have, you're going to have chuva sunburn, okay? Because you're going to be so lit up. Um, And then you're going to be hungry. So check out Prohibition Pickle. Uh, This is what I do when I come off the Temple Mount. I'm always like, mommy, because I was with my mom. I was like, we got to eat.
1: We want to again thank so much, Jamie Lee, for our last week's delicious, delicious, prohibition pickle kiddish, and we blessed you multiple times.
0: That's right. That's right. At it, our
1: Shabbos table. That's
0: right. That happens. That's right. It's off and air. We really want to thank you, and it was a very, It was very
1: sweet, and it was a it was a blessing for us, and we There's no meme made. And we had guests, and we were able to share to share that fun with the guests.
0: That's right. So that's prohibitionpickle.co.il, delicious Ashkenazi revival spiritual Shabbos yum yums. Uh, that will make your Shabbat awesome here in the land of Israel. Send it to yourself, send it to a friend, order it from Chaim, uh, coupon code Yeshai, and you're in business for an awesome Shabbos. Shabbos is almost here. Uh, and I want to thank the good folks at um, the Israel Bible for making a Wunderbar Bible, really beautiful. Uh, Gutenberg would be jealous to see what a beautiful Bible. He'll be proud to see yeah, that I don't know uh, if he'd be his. Jealous. He'd be proud. Yeah. He'd be proud. Proud. That, uh, that, he was German, I don't know.
1: Yeah. No, Austrian.
0: Uh, I don't remember. In any case, he, uh, um, today's Israel Bible is a beautiful Bible. Theisraelbible.com forward slash, not forward slash, coupon code Yeshai. Beautiful Bible, beautiful writing, beautiful text, and a beautiful addition to your shelf and also into your heart and mind. That's right. The Bible's not just for shelving. Don't shelve. Nobody puts the Bible in the corner. That's yeah. what I say. Um, and, then, and then finally, our good friends at Retro Watch Guy. I was just on their Instagram page. There's another Tissot out there. I got one Tissot, but there's another Tissot out there at Retro Watch Guy that you're gonna love, and you're gonna have a Shabbos watch or a, or a sh- a watch for your son-in-law that that is getting that is marrying your daughter, uh, whoever it is. Just a nice birthday watch. Nice birthday watch for that for that special man in your life, or that, or that or that or that that I found that giving a watch to we gave a I gave a watch to our son, our like when he was like nine that changed his life yeah he loves his watch yeah that made his life a better place because he's got that watch uh so a good watch will make a good man even better so check out retro watch that's my slogan retro watch guy dot com also coupon code yishai uh all right Marcus, so that's all the friends no we also have a jewishpress.com that's they right. make they make our show widely available and free oh and you have uh producer of the show told me to tell you oh delightful listeners. That according to um, um, Google Ratings Writings, they say that a a many star rating and even a comment as much as, like, if you put a comment on the podcast that says, on your podcast reader that says, good. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. You put in those two words, it changes your rating in terms of podcasts. Please, guys,
1: guys, wait, let's take a second. Guys, there are other people putting out podcasts that have to do with Israel Palestine all this stuff. Please, please help our show to go a little bit higher so that other people will get to hear the message that you have so enjoyed over the course of the time that you've been listening. We need your help and that is something you know you, we don't we we really appreciate a kiddish from from uh, prohibition pickle, but what we really want to do is get our message out there, get your message out there uh, far and wide. So please help us just take a minute and it is free. Go up there. Just give us a rating. Put a little comment. It will do so much.
0: Like like it.
1: Yeah, like it. Listen to this.
0: I enjoy it.
1: Or laughy emoji.
0: That's right. That's enough. All right, folks. Malcolm Fleischer, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today, uh, and I wish you a Shabbat Shalom and May God guide your ways, and your decisions, and your 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 child rearing, and your and your food making, and your and your good walks, and your and your and your good work. continue to be blessed and i bless everybody out there around the world uh with lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings our show is not done we got more on the way here comes rabbi benjamin yudin an old school rabbi for you to hear from uh, who's got messages that are timely as ever from sinai to today all right folks we'll be right back stay tuned stay strong and shalom
2: don't worry the ishaif leisure show will be right back so stay tuned Alright, folks, Ishai
0: Fleischer here, and I'm, I'm in Chevron at the Goodnick Center next to the Pizza Place. Uh, and I'm sitting here with one of my beloved rabbis, Rabbi Benjamin Newton, who is now the Rabbi Emeritus at Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, and has really raised many generations of, uh, of Torah followers. Uh, students, taught many, many thousands, including at Yeshiva University, where he's taught for many tens of years, uh, and has been a rabbi at uh, the Fairlawn Synagogue for 50 years, and now is emeritus is still there, st- still teaching five classes a week, Baruch Hashem. Uh, and uh, amongst uh, his many accomplishments, including also being one of the pioneers of teaching not yet observant Jews at Yeshiva University, amongst many other uh, successes, oh, and another one is helping my parents. Get closer to Yiddishkeit through a, an amazing and innovative class for specifically Russian Jews uh, in Fairlawn, which my parents attended religiously, pun intended. And uh, amongst those things, he also has the distinguished honor of being the Misadar Kedushin for our wedding 20 years ago here at this very place, uh, which uh, was a very special event: three or four buses uh, of guests, and uh, at a time where people were not getting married in Chevron. And now he's here uh, with a group of YU students uh, and, of course, visiting his family. Many of his kids live here in Eretz Yisrael and many on the way as well. Uh, Rabbi Benjamin and thank you so much for joining us.
3: Waliz chus! That's just the only word I can use. It's a treat to be here, to connect, Baruch Hashem, with history and destiny. That says it all. To be in Eretz Yisrael, to realize that HaKodesh Baruch babysat the land for us. What does that mean? If you want to know, how do I know that the Torah is real? How do I know? I'll tell you exactly how. Go to the end of the Book of Ayikra. And there at the end of the Book of Ayikra, you have a tochacha. Not the most exciting part of the Torah, but it's real. And the Torah says, if unfortunately we should deviate from the ideal ways of Torah, we're going to be scattered throughout the world. Ouch. Now what? What do you mean, now watch? You lose your land, other people will come to the land and they're going to settle it and goodbye. No. The Torah promises Vashimosi Ani God said, I will keep the land desolate and. The land will be desolate for your enemies. What does that mean? It means it won't produce. They will try to plant oranges and grapefruits and any and everything else that you have growing in Eretz Israel, And it's not going to happen. If it's not going to happen, they can't settle the land. Fast forward to 1948. There was a soft spot. that obviously, oh, yeah, yeah. After the show, off, ah, the world said, OK, maybe let's give the Jews a little bit of a break. Had the land of Israel being built up at that time with communities and schools and everything else you know, supermarkets and everything they couldn't blow a whistle and say everybody out it was desolate how could that be? take a look at what New York City was like in 1948 you had apartment houses you had a complete amazing you know, developed communities how do you explain the difference? and the answer is one word Torah. God promised. And guess what? Take a look what's going on in this land today. I'll ask everybody what is the national bird of Israel? See, so you're going to say, I don't even know the national bird of America, but I know the national bird of Israel. It's the crane. What does that mean? Wherever you go, you see building. When I grew up, the term six million only meant one thing, that there was six million Kadoshim in the Shoah. And now, who could have imagined that there's more than six million Jews, Cain Yerbu, living in Eretz Israel. So... Once again, yeah, this is the land of history. We connect with Baruch Hashem where I'm sitting now in Hebron, near, and I hope to visit, in Dava Mincha today, at Morat HaMachpila, but it's the land of destiny. Namely, Akurish Baruch Hu promises that this land is going to be settled and there's going to be, as the Navi said, there's going to be Zekanim and elderly people and noorim and young children playing you see it in front of your eyes there's nothing less than a terrific de and it's up to all of us to continue to perpetuate this beautiful um, land of ours people of ours just so proud to be here thank you so much Isha.
0: Rabbi, let me ask you a a, a tricky question a little bit, which is really a question of our time. On the one hand, you were a rabbi for many years and continue to be a rabbi at a very prominent American Jewish community. That community also sent out a lot of people to immigrate to the land of Israel, and even those who didn't immigrate. Many own apartments here, many send their kids here. And there's no question that especially from your kind of synagogue, which I have a hard time probably finding an exact name for it. It's a Torah community in the end. Um, has a bridge towards Eretz Yisrael. At the same time, we also see it growing. And you told me that Fairlawn, and I've heard myself, that Fairlawn is growing very much. And in a sense, that's a good thing. There's a good thing that Jewish Torah communities are growing. But we have this tension. We have this tension between these two worlds. And even within yourself, there's a tension of, uh, you know, continuing our American Jewish project and the Torah project there. And at the same time, settling our land, bringing home our, our Jewish people and gathering the exiles. So tell me a little bit about, about you know, your life. An- another example is the Yeshiva University. Yeshiva University, my alma mater. I was there for seven years in, in different capacities. Um, but at the same time, I sometimes am a little bit miffed at my, at my alma mater for not creating more of a bridge towards Eretz Israel and kind of, kind of stopping it at the edge of the Harlem River. So, I I, kind of want to ask you to give me a window into this time and into the tension between diaspora Jewry and Israeli Jewry. Where are we going? How do we we reconcile these two different trajectories? Or are they different?
3: It's a very, very difficult question that you're asking because, needless to say, the Rambam is right when he writes (coughs) that a person is very much influenced their surroundings needless to say where they are brought up there's the on the one hand familial attachment on the other hand as well I hate to say it but the golden Medina of Eretz Yisrael excuse me of America gives people the opportunity to uh, to be in quote unquote this world and to be in a Torah environment as well. Not that one can't have it here and Adarabba v'yadarabba. However, very often there is the difficulty of quote-unquote leaving a family, uh, the, uh, the difficulties of uprooting oneself. I think the answer is that gradually and I'm thinking, I, I see it more and more now. And I'm going to say this. chato einu. Now we say on the Musaf of every Shalosh Regalim. We say, golinu artseinu. What does that mean? It means that because, unfortunately, when we lived in Eretz Yisrael... We didn't live up to our responsibilities. We were sent into mayard me'artseinum. Today, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is helping things along. I can't believe the America that we're living in today, that I am, is so different than 50 years ago. There's no question. Forgive me. 50 years ago, I woke up in the morning and I know I am a man. And Baruch Hashem, today I wake up and I know I am a man. And I say... Baruch Hashem Thank you every morning For making me a man And for giving me Hadrachah in my life However In America today You can wake up tomorrow And say Excuse me Today I am a woman And I want you to respect me For that Etc And if you don't um, Comply with that You're going to Find yourself In serious legal problems I am a woman tomorrow So it's not only Mamish The very identity Which is Sounds crazy And thank God it's not rampant But enough around you that you say Hey, something is wrong What's going on here That people and as well as politics, etc Within HaKadosh Baruch who Runs the world I really believe he wants us home And he, by allowing And forgive me Maybe even encouraging These kinds of negative behaviors Back home It's happening. Listen carefully, everybody. Because of the craziness which is out there in America and in other places, I don't even want to mention the dirty word anti-Semitism, etc., which is unfortunately propping up its ugly head again, and the terrible uh, anti-Israel on the college campus, all these are quiet Positive factors Which are bringing us home So the answer is Yishai More and more people are Baruch Hashem Investing in Eretz Yisrael More and more people Are coming home And uh, He Capital H Directs History And destiny And it's happening Right before our eyes
0: It is happening And uh, uh, Even members of your family uh, Have become uh, uh, important people and rabbis in f- fledgling communities that are kind of just born out of uh, out of empty hilltops, hills uh, around the Beit Shemesh area, especially where there's a great conglomeration of Anglo Jewry. Uh, there's even a cemetery for Anglo Jewry there. Um, and uh, and I, th- I know that for you, it's a big point of pride uh, that your family members are indeed succeeding here in Eretz Israel, and more on the way. So that's very very exciting. Uh, with regard to anti-Semitism, Rabbi. I must tell you that I was recently pretty shocked. I don't get shocked that often, but I was shocked in a real way when I heard secular kids brought here by the OU that I must also point out uh, and compliment that the OU, NCSY, brings their secular programs to here, to Marat Machpelah, to the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs. I was speaking to kids from Fairlawn specifically. And they told me that in the secular high schools in Fairlawn, they are facing anti-Semitism with uh, uh, swastikas on the bathroom walls, with being thrown pennies at, all kinds of stuff like that, where they're really feeling it. And they, they, so much so that they talked to me for 10, 15 minutes, kept telling me how they're feeling out there. I was very surprised since I was you know, partially raised in Fairlawn, you know, close by, and I felt a connection to the community. And yet it's, it's really changing for our young people. That is a different America. I never felt any anti-Semitism, and I grew up in a much more Gentile town uh, nearby. So that's definitely uh, changing. Um, final question, Rabbi, and I've got to let you go learn some Torah here in Hebron. Uh, do you remember uh, our wedding, and do you have any recollections that you can tell us from that?
3: I can only say that I had the schluss of being a rabbi for 50 years in the same congregation. And if you were to ask me for one of the highlights of the schluss of being a rabbi, was to get to know Yishai's parents, his father's, and his mom should live and be well, and having they, he, and his siblings become, thank God, a part of our mishpacha, the Yudin family, I'm so proud. So when he told me he was getting married in Eretz Israel and asked me if I wouldn't have that schus to come, I can only tell you that if I remember then, I believe there was only music coming from the Ma'ara, if I remember correctly, on the day after Simcha's Torah, once a year, and however the exception was made, because Yishai Baruch Hashem always finds the way, he had music coming out of the Ma'ara uh, that night for several hours. The dancing outside, I am still energized, and I believe, if anybody wants to know, where does Yeshai and Malka, they should live and be well, where do they get their cr- incredible uh, energy? So I can tell you, I remember them when we were together in Washington, D.C. And we were, at that time, protesting on behalf of Russian Jewry. We're going back quite a few years now, before they were even married. So, Baruch Hashem. Their, their wedding was a, a highlight. As he said, three, four buses came to dance with him. And uh, once again, this is the, the idea that Eretz Yisrael is l'mala min hateva. You can feel it, that this is literally beyond the natural. It's mystical, some things you just can't put into words, you just know that you're in God's country. So to have this chusk, and you can look at his ksuba, that I had the chance to write in his ksuba, chevron ir Kodash. kodesh Wow! That's something that you don't have. And they should continue to be this incredible inspiration to all of us for many good years to come.
0: Rabbi Benjamin Newton is the Rabbi Emeritus of Shomeri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey. Uh, Rabbi, Rebbe? Uh Yeshiva they call it a Yeshiva University uh, for many many years uh, and uh, it's continuing to inspire generation after generation Rabbi Yudin continued to have great health and atzlahan. thank you so much for visiting us yet again in Chevron. once again 20 years later God bless you
2: Ishai needs coffee please help support the show by buying Ishai coffee at buymeecoffeecom forward slash Ishai thank you and Lechaim
0: all right, folks, Ishai Fleischer here. I'm inside the Merata Machpelah. I just toured a group of uh, great YU, Shi University kids. And one of the rabbis that's guiding them around today is Rabbi Matt Levy, who was uh, a rabbi of a big shul. Uh, he'll tell us about it in a second. And one of the things he noticed is that there were just a lot of singles who were not meeting properly, who were having a hard time, you know, connecting with one another, although they made fit and they may be right next to each other, but there was, like, things that limit them society that didn't let them you know, meet with one another. He's created a new app, which is called Gamzuli. Gamzuli, right? Is that right? Did Gam-Zoo-Li. I say it right? Gamzuli. Gamzuli Right.
2: Gamzuli, which means th- this too. Why would you think, want to explain I it? I would say this too is for us. I, the idea is Gamzuli is Gamzula Tova. We're looking for a positive spin. And the whole idea is to empower singles to meet and date. That was why this was developed, because it wasn't such a big show, but a lot of singles there. And, uh, and, I, and I saw that there was a problem. I'll tell you, this is beautiful. So, of course, being a Rabbi Eveshul, we always have singles over on Friday night and whatnot. Of course, the conversation goes to the woes of the dating world. And, and, so, the, and so the idea was, uh, after one heated Friday night meal, we go to bed. My wife has a dream. In the morning, she wakes up. She says, this is what we're doing. I said, honey, we're making Aliyah in another six months. We, we want to we put stuff towards a home. We wanna, we... She says, no, this is what we're doing. And my wife's already like this. And, of course, I'm a good husband, so I listen to her. And that's what we've done. And now 11 months later, we just launched. And God, thank God we've had people starting to join. It's looking great all over the world. UK, um, uh, Jerusalem, Toronto. We're trying to expand more and more. And so, uh, so that, that's where we're at. We've, find, we've seen Hasidim on it. We've seen Modern Orthodox, people from Lakewood, and everything in between. We're really trying to empower people to meet and date. Gamzuli.com. Now, this is for Orthodox Jews, or is it for any kind of Jews? But it's for Jews, right? It's it's designed for the observant Jew. Right. I would say if you're from, you keep Shabbos, you keep kosher, and you're single, come to the site. Okay, and you
0: also have a bit of a, a special um, chap, a trick, a little a little a technique, shall we say, to get people to connect. What's your technique?
2: So, so I'll say it like this: the questionnaire that we have, it's innovative, it's really it's fun. So you know, get a sense of who you are who you are and where you're from, after that, then the idea is like this. We basically give you a certain amount of matches every week. You can look at their profile, see how they've answered. And now here's the real help. Wait, wait, how do you how do you pick those? Is that is that, a, is that an algorithm or is that like a person looking at it? So we have an algorithm, all right? And it's basically uh, you can calibrate things, and so you get what you're looking for. Straight up, no in-between. Again, we're trying to give you as much power and control as you can. Then the next thing is, the first time you meet is for 15 minutes on a video chat on our site. Mm. 15 minutes, it's out. It's out. It's over after that. So that way, the idea is, instead of doing all this, you know, looking for somebody beforehand, all this references and whatnot, get a sense of this person. Instead of wasting an hour, a whole evening. So a 15-minute video chat on yours so they don't have to, like, give each
0: other's, uh, uh, you know, details exactly. and all that. So it's a safe space, shall we call it. hundred percent. Okay, and they meet on—now, now it's Gamzuli— which is, you know, listen, if it's successful, it's great. Sounds really important. A lot of people tell me they're trying to meet somebody they can't. Just tell me finally, um, what is the, what is it, a download? What what is it on the phone? What is it, a
2: website? It's it's a web app, so technically it's a URL, gamsuli.com. You'll get right there, and then... And, and and then uh, that's it. So you don't need to download anything. Eventually, you want to get a web app. Right now, we've just launched it. And so, again, URL, gamzuli.com. G-A-M-Z-U-L-I dot com. Sounds really great, Rabbi Levy.
0: Uh, Matt Levy, I want to thank you very much. And thank you for stopping me and talking to about this. And uh, we hope that, that Gamzuli will become a regular sponsor of the Ishai Fleischer Show. And hopefully, because there's nothing greater, and we're here at the Tomb of the Patriarchs and Matriarchs, the first place of couples, Ms. Rav continue to be successful in bringing the Jewish people together. God bless you.
2: Trying to make it happen. Thank you so much, Rabbi.
0: All right, folks, you are listening to the Ishai Fleischer Show. Thank you so much for being with me. And just a few minutes of Table Torah here. You know, um, I've been taking this, uh, this course about Jewish archaeology, Israeli archaeology, or Middle Eastern archaeology. Archaeology. I found out one piece of info, which, you know, my mom, one piece of information which my mom, of course, already knew, and she knew all the names and all the stuff. But basically, from the Iron Age, and that is the age of around the time that the Jewish people come to the land of Israel, there are four steels, four of these monoliths, these like blocks that have the story of uh, certain kings or certain empires—they're very beautiful. There are four of them that have the uh, name of Israel from about thirty-two hundred years ago, thirty-four hundred years ago, twenty-nine hundred years ago. There is a a a a steal from the Assyrian Empire. There is a steal from the Moabites. There is a steal from the Aram. Uh, Empire, and then there's a steal also from the Egyptian empire. And they all mention Israel. And here's what's amazing is that those steals, some of them say we conquered Israel, all kinds of stuff like that. They mention Israel. All those nations, all those peoples are gone. There are no Assyrians. There are no Aramites. There are no, or Arameans exactly, or there's certainly no kingdom like that. There's no Moabites, and there's no uh, ancient Egyptians. They're all gone and the Jewish people are around. And that is one of the greatest mysteries. And for a person who thinks about it um, for a while and deeply, comes to the conclusion that if you want proof for the existence of God, all you need to do is believe that the existence of the Jewish people is miraculous and is anti-historical or contra-historical or uber-historical, the existence of the Jewish people is the greatest proof for the existence of God. <clears throat> no matter what Yuval Noah Harari says, the, the continuing uh, saga of the Jewish people and continued vivaciousness, vitality of the Jewish people is the greatest mirror to the existence of God in this world. Now, why do I mention that on Table Torah today? because one of the most dramatic scenes in the whole Bible, and the Bible has these beautiful, these beautiful scenes that, that they're beckoning, beckoning you to imagine. And one of them is Moses with the burning bush. Moses with the burning bush. To me, by the way, Moses with the burning bush is a, the burning bush presages, shows, makes a preview of the menorah in Jerusalem. It's the light uh, to the world. And first, it's a light to Moses. You're going to spread that light to the world. And the mystery, and I read this in a rabbinic text, that the real mystery that Moses wanted to understand is how could it be that the Jewish people continue to survive? How could, they, how could it be that they were meant to be swallowed up in Egypt. That's the dream of Pharaoh. I'm going to swallow the Jews up. My cow is going to swallow up their cow, and they're not going to be, there's not going to be a remnant left of the Jews. How could it be that under these conditions, the Jewish people continue to survive? How could it be that under slavery, how could it be that under the Holocaust, the Jewish people continue to, to survive? How could it be? And when God shows up to him in a burning bush, God shows him a bush that's eaten inflamed engulfed in flames but is not destroyed but is not but is not decomposed it doesn't burn up it just there's a fire on it and yet it continues to be effervescent and continuously you know has uh uh what's the word for uh, a machine that doesn't stop a perpetual motion machine the jewish people what what drives them what's the engine of this of this perpetuity how does it work and that's the mystery and god tells them basically that i'm behind the mystery like the jewish people are a reflection of, of me in this world and therefore they're going to be burnt up but not going to be eaten they're not going to be destroyed they, they won't be burnt up there'll be a fire and instead of a fire that eats let's turn it into a fire of light a fire of the menorah in the temple that is supposed to send a light out to the world of god's existence it's the opposite of nihilism. It's purpose, it's purpose. It's, it's meaning, it's light, it's direction, it's blessing, it's family, it's empowerment, it's achievement, it's service uh, of God, and it's not a self-service, it's the it's service of, of the other, it's, it's love of mankind, love of your neighbor, love of your brothers, but at the same time, in, all in the service of Hashem and that's the message which is uh which is i'm going to show you a, a, a redemption for the jewish people but it's a light to the world i'm going to show you why the jewish people survive but it's really in order to reflect me god says in this world and that's what the burning bush is about uh, i hope indeed that you feel the the light of the burning bush that it heats you up in this cold winter uh, and that it gives you hope that there's going to be a third temple in Jerusalem. Ladies and gentlemen, we are living in the time of the greatest revelation possible. And with that is tremendous, tremendous challenges. Uh, we, have to, we, have to, we have to see that light, help other people see it, and come to consciousness. That's really what, what, what the whole revolution that we're living in is that health is less of an issue and, and keeping warm is less of an issue. We have houses, we have heaters, we have washing machines. Now it's a time of consciousness. That is what this time is about. We're living in a time where the paramount thing is the consciousness. And we can now, through this technology, use it for a heightened consciousness and not a lowered consciousness. So I do want to bless all of you guys for heightened consciousness. I want to thank you very much for being with me. Uh, And I want to ask you to write me an email, esha.esha.fleischer.com. I want to thank uh, Krista uh, for uh, buying me some coffee at buymeacoffee.com. And also Brent, for uh, buying me a coffee he brought me like 20 coffees that was really nice of you and Steve bought me a coffee and folks just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Yishai it's a very nice way uh, to show appreciation and that's that's just it's just sweet so thank you very much uh, please also take the time to rate the podcast highly just write a word like love it or whatever it is and that makes a big difference in other people people being able to find him, and growing our international Torah community blessed here from the land of Israel so I want to thank all of you out there I want to thank all of our sponsors and all the folks that make this show happen. And I want to thank Hashem God Almighty for directing us and giving us opportunities to serve Him and honor Him and give His name uh, the recognition that it deserves uh, because He is the creator of heaven and earth and the guider of us uh, to honor His name and to bear witness to His revelation in this great time. God bless you folks. More great stuff is on the way. Lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings and shalom.